Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. (laughs) Bonnie in the house. Happy New Year, if I haven't said it to all of you yet. This is Technology Revolution, the future of now. And this is officially our first show of 2020, even though my five-episode prediction special had three episodes in December and two in January. We finished that arc. We had 58 visionaries, influencers, that's an important word today, remember that, experts in a huge range of business topics, business expertise, talking about what's coming up this year, and I call them the new Roaring Twenties. I think I'm the only one who said that. (laughs) No, I don't remember what the original Roaring Twenties were like. So we're here, we have a really, really fascinating topic and a great panel, so let me get started with my buzz. What's the buzz today? Well, here it is. It's a quote from Rebecca Aguilar. She is a commentator, a reporter, a a visionary, she's a blogger, and here's what she has to say. If you have to tell people on your social media profiles that you are an influencer, you're probably not. Reality check. I love that. So what are we talking about today? Well, let me level set. What is an influencer? According to Wikipedia, an influencer is an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with their audience. Now, I have a little more information for you as we set this up, and then I'll introduce my panelists in a moment. According to InfluencerMarketingHub.com, yes, there is a website called InfluencerMarketingHub.com, and God bless long URLs. Here we go. Influencer marketing has grown from strength to strength over the last few years. Sure, it has suffered a few hiccups. Thanks to fake followers, oh, we've heard of those, a lack of transparency in some influencer posts, and a few clueless influencers without influence. But its effectiveness must surely now be beyond dispute. However, any marketplace changes over time, and influencer marketing will adapt to follow these changes. I have invited four experts in this field to join me today. Let me just tell you who they are, and then I'm going to have each of them introduce themselves briefly. Two-minute two minute versions of their 5,000-word bio. So in a moment, you'll be hearing from a newcomer to radio with me, Jen Evans. She is with Squeeze CMN, CMM and B2B Business News Network. She'll talk about what she does. Andrew Steen from SAP has been on several of our Game Changer shows over the years. Sarah Robinson was on Fierce Loyalty. Welcome back, Sarah. And Rob Levin, he's a regular on many of my shows, RSL Media and Speak SMB. So stick around for the next ooh, 55 minutes as we explore the era of brand influencers. Whom do you trust? Ooh, that goes back to an old game show, and Johnny Carson was the host. So welcome to my esteemed panelists. Jen Evans, you're up first. You're an award-winning inventor, serial tech entrepreneur, community activist. Jen, tell us in your own words, what do you do, and how did you get started in this field? Go ahead, Jen. Hi, Bonnie. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so I have been a digital marketer for uh, almost 20 years now. Um, got my start actually working for Robert Herjavec from Dragon's Den, helping him market his network security business. 
and uh, turned that into uh, an agency that then became a content marketing measurement platform. And uh, so we work with a lot of influencers. We help companies measure the impact that influencers are actually having on marketing campaigns and their organizations. Very interesting. Tell me, what is Squeeze CMM and what is B2B News Network? What, is the, what do you do there? Sure. So Squeeze CMM is a content marketing measurement platform. Uh, that's what uh, we employ to use to measure the impact of influencers to action. So for us, the key metric with an influencer is how much, as you said in your intro, how much you're actually able to influence purchase decision, drive audiences to take additional action. And that's something that um, we capture data around and then share with uh, the companies that are engaging these influencers. B2B News Network is uh, a news platform for B2B sales and marketing news. Um, and uh, we do everything from interview folks who are leading the technology revolution at large companies like HP and Dell to uh, vendors like Adobe to understand where things are going and uh, how quickly the MarTech space is moving. Thank you very much. Welcome, Jen. Appreciate your time. And let's move on to our second panelist, Andrew Steen. Spells his last name S-T-E-A-N-E. He's a senior director at SAP and leads the North American Partner Transformation Office team. Andrew, welcome back. It's been a while since we've spoken. I'm so happy you're here. Why don't you update us on what you've been up to? Hey, thanks, Bonnie. Um, Yeah, so this year, I mean, I've been in the software industry for a very long period of time, as you know. And I've done pretty much everything that there is in software, you know, running teams or what have you. And, you know, from a technical team to a marketing team to a sales team. Um, so at this point, what I'm actually doing right now is a little bit of sort of R&D in our business. So I'm managing some of the areas where we have traditionally not spent time in the mid-market for us. Uh, we have not spent time doing the kinds of things that we're doing. So that includes things like new cloud, new cloud uh, commercial models. It includes uh, managing types of partnerships that we've previously not managed in this space. Um, and, yeah, so it's really an R&D function for me. I also own the, the money and the marketing for our mid-market space through our partners. Thank you very much. Glad to have you back, and Happy New Year to you. And let's move around one more seat around the table. We have Sarah Robinson. Sarah is a CEO at Fierce Loyalty. Love the name of your company, Sarah. She's a best-selling author and an international speaker. Sarah, bring us up to date, and how are you? Hey, Bonnie. I'm so glad to be here this morning, and thanks for having me. I am great. Um, What I'm working on that's got me most excited these days is... um, helping leaders lead in a way that inspires fierce loyalty and working on what those soft leadership skills are so that um, their people love them and follow them and would probably go over a cliff for them. So that's really fun for me, and that's what I'm working on. That's really exciting right now. Very cool. And tell us a little bit about Fierce Loyalty. What does your company do? You just talked about helping leaders lead, but what what specifically does your company do? I know you do speaking engagements. Mentioned that you're a you're a yes, an author. Uh, Fierce Loyalty is a consulting agency. We are a consulting agency. We are an executive um, training agency. I come in and work with C-suite executives. Mostly, um, and we talk and we work on what those leadership skills are 
that will um, develop a community that feels fiercely loyal um, so that when they're leading, that's how their people feel about them, which is fun. That is, in a way, that includes influencer. You want them to influence, but we'll get into that later. I just want to drop that on you. We Thank will you. get into that. Yeah, We will. Rob Levin, RSL Media. He's the CEO and Chief SMB Officer of RSL Media and Editor-in-Chief of Speak, that Speak Lowercase, and then Capital SMB in that small to mid-sized business. Rob Levin, Happy New Year to you. And why don't you bring us up to date? What have you been busy doing? Hey, Bonnie. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, well, first of all, Thank I you. just came from the uh, Playing in the Sand Grateful Dead Festival in Cancun, so I'm still just trying to acclimate <laughs> to the real world. Whoa! Um, <laughs> aside aside from that, um, uh, things are terrific at RSL Media. We continue to uh, build programs that attract, engage, nurture, convert, and retain small and mid-sized businesses by creating content-driven programs that essentially align our clients, their, their brands, as well as their products with how SMBs buy today and what their needs are today. And then more recently, uh, I also started a new company with a, with a partner called Work Better Now, which provides affordable virtual assistance to small businesses. And it's all based on a premise that we believe every business uh, and every business owner should have an assistant. Uh, before we go any further, Bonnie, just want to let you know I gave you a typo in my uh, social, handos, uh, social handle, so it's Levin411, not 311. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. I looked at it and I said, hmm, I know what 411 is. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. By the way. gets you to uh, like emergency <laughs> services here in New York. That's not going to I, I thought so. I thought so. Hopefully not. <laughs> Rob, I have something funny to say, but I'm just going to give a little preview to my listeners. The next part of the show, each of my panelists has graciously sent me a quote that has nothing to do with the show, uh, with the topic. It's from a movie, a book, a song, something interesting, and they're going to relate it to the topic in their own words. And our topic is the era of brand influencers. Whom do you or should you trust? And Rob, you said you got back from a Grateful Dead weekend concert festival, and yet you sent me a quote from the Rolling Stones. I'm just going to leave that on the table. So we're, we'll get around to that when we get around to you again. So just take a deep breath and welcome back to the other part of the real world. Jen Evans is up first. Jen has sent me a quote from Albert Camus. Those of you who did not study French literature as I did and probably Jen did. Albert Camus, C-A-M-U-S, 7th of November 1913. He passed away in January this month in 1960. French philosopher, auteur, journalist. He won the Nobel Prize in Literature, Nobel, at the age of 44 back in 1957, and he was the second youngest recipient in history, maybe ever. Here's the quote. Real generosity toward the future lies in giving all to the present. Oh, Jen, I get goosebumps. It's a beautiful quote. Jen, how did you pick this quote, and what in the world does it have to do with influencers? Talk to me. Well, I think uh, I chose the quote because I I think it's very true that... how much time uh, we invest in what we're working on, the attention that we pay, being present in the, the uh, present moment really impacts the quality of uh, what we do in the future, whether it's our personal lives, our professional lives, our business lives. It's really about giving it all. And um, that, I think, is a really critical and important component of influencer marketing because they influencers need to have one foot in the present and one foot mm-hmm. in the future so that they can relate to their audiences and help convey critical concepts or uh, trends to them 
but at the same time, be able to anticipate what's coming and, uh, and merge those two pieces together in a way that the audience is continually satisfied with what is being presented in the current context, um, but it's also giving them an insight into what's coming. And, uh, and tying the present and the future together um, really accomplishes both of those things. Thank you very much. I'm thinking it re- reflects in a way, Jen, the title of, of this series. My series is Technology yeah. Revolution, the Future of Now, right? So in a way, exactly. influencers are helping to lead people, but also they're helping to shape the future of now. I like that. Thank you. Great quote, and you're right right in the thick of things, brand new, new to the show, and you're doing great. Let's move on to Andrew Steen. Andrew has sent us a quote from Terminator 2, Judgment Day. It was fantasy mystery film. Sorry for the bad impression impersonation of I don't know whom, August 25th, 2017 I have here, but in fact it was uh, 1991, I don't know where I got the 2017, 1991 American science fiction action film produced and directed by, wait for it, James Cameron, who also co-wrote it with William Wisher, and it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Robert Patrick, and Edward Furlong as the principal cast. It's the sequel to the 1984 film The Terminator, aha, and uh, let's see, one more thing I wanted to tell you about it. It's also known as capital T and the number two, T2, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And here's the quote. The future's not set. There's no fate but what we make for ourselves. Ooh, Andrew, I get goosebumps on that one, too. How did you pick that for influencer topic? Andrew. Well, thanks, Bonnie. Well, first of all, I'm a big believer that, you know, life happens, um, and it either happens to you or for you. And mm. I much prefer the results when when it's actually happening for you as opposed to just waiting and uh, allowing it to happen to you. Um, and I think influencers are a, big, a good example of that. Right? So it's about taking, in my opinion, it's, it's about taking your brand by the, you know, by the horn and actually mm-hmm. directing it and using influencers to help you do that. And so instead of just saying, hey, look, we've got a great product and let's just have it out there and let's have people say what they're going to say about it, me, this idea of an influencer is really about actually setting the path and the direction for your future uh, and using the latest, in this particular case, the latest marketing tools, the latest marketing uh, efforts, if you will, towards mm-hmm. that, which is, in this case, influencers. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Sarah Robinson has sent me a wonderful quote from Albus Dumbledore. I had to look him up, Sarah. Now you know what my movie taste is. Albus, Percival, Wolfric, Brian. What's Brian doing in there? Dumbledore is a fictional character in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series. For most of the series, he is the headmaster of the wizarding school Hogwarts. As part of his backstory, it's revealed that he's the founder and leader of the Order of the Phoenix an organization dedicated to fighting Lord Voldemort, the chief antagonist of the series. Here is the quote, and I will not attempt to do any accent because I have no idea how it was spoken. It is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. Sarah, talk to me. Um, Well, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I've probably read each book on my own to no one probably three times and each of to each of my children at least twice. So I'm a mm. huge Harry Potter fan. And um, I love Albus Dumbledore for so many reasons. And this is one of my favorite quotes. And it's really the way I tie it into influencers is it's not what you say you can do. It's what you actually do. 
and what you mm-hmm. choose to do. And I think that that is what separates would-be influencers from actual people who influence what we do um, on a daily basis. Thank you very much. I love that. Is, is there a particular accent or a regional tone of voice I should have oh, used Alba for that? Oh, Alba is very British. Everybody in Harry Potter is very British. Very British. I've never seen and, them. You can tell I don't know that. Okay, do you want to give Harry me... Potter? Oh, I highly yep. recommend it. <laughs> no, I haven't. So, do you want to do the quote in a British accent for me, Sarah, or you want to decline on that? No pressure. <laughs> I will decline. <laughs> <laughs> With your lovely southern accent. Thank you very much, Sarah. Rob Levin at 11, I changed it, 411. Uh, Rob has sent us a quote from the, let's see, it's attributed to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, Rolling Stones. It's from the album Beggar's Banquet. And let me read, it was also recorded by Joan Baez in 1971. The, The original was released in 68. It's on her Salt of the Earth album. And here is the quote from the song. Raise your glass to the hardworking people. Let's drink to the uncounted heads. Let's think of the wavering millions who need leaders but get gamblers instead. Wow, Rob, how did you find this? Talk to me. Uh, I just said I'm going to find a Stones quote that fits, and uh, there it was. Uh, so, you know, I'm in the I'm in the B to S and B world, so predominantly enterprise companies that are marketing to small and mid-sized businesses. And uh, in the small business world, there are a lot of influencers that have a lot of uh, followers. Uh, but at the end of the day, and I'll get into this uh, later on in the show again. You know, it's all about if you really want to uh, make an impact with SM- SMBs, both helping them with their business as well as helping, uh, you know, building your, your, your brand equity with that market, it's all about changing the point of view. And you don't necessarily do that with the influencers, with uh, the, you know, let's, you know, the influencers with the most followers. You do that with those SMEs that can change the point of view because they're working with small businesses. They're getting their hands dirty every day, and they can really share some amazing best practices and insights. Thank you very much. I want to level set here with my panel. I know all of you are in the business world, Rob, especially in SMB, and uh, Sarah counsels and and coaches executives, so we're probably talking mostly B2B, but I'd like you to keep your remarks, if you would, a little bit on the B2C side so we can talk about, as I mentioned in my opening, fake followers, uh, influencers, clueless influencers, celebrity influencers, so let's, let's keep it on a double level, if you don't mind. So... Jen Evans, you're up first. Now's the time in the show when I start reading the predictions my guests have sent me in advance. So I'm going to read the first one from Jen Evans, and Jen, I'll have you comment on it for about two minutes or so. Then I'll open it up if anybody wants to say anything about it, and then I will move to Andrew's number one prediction, then Sarah's, then Rob's, and then we'll go around the table, and I'll hit all of your number two predictions. There may be some overlap, so dealer's choice, I'm I'm the dealer. Uh, If I see anything that's duplicative, I will skip it. So that's the way it's going to go. So, Jen Evans, here is your first prediction. You say, influencers are here to stay, but they will be more heavily scrutinized in the future. Jen, talk to us. What is this all about? Sure. Well, Bonnie, I don't think this is a particularly controversial statement, given a lot of the things that we've seen happen over the the past few years in the industry. And, you know, I think that's pretty typical for an industry that's new and um, evolving, uh, but as you said at the start of the show, this is something that really has become less of a tactic and more that more something that companies are really dedicating 
significant amount of budget and uh, um, and attention and time to. Um, and so what comes with that then is an increased amount of scrutiny about everything from who the influencers are, how many an organization is working with, uh, what the expectations are of what those influencers are going to do and to generate. Um, and uh, so much of that is critical uh, to understanding which influencers are right for your audience. Um, there's so many different people that you connect with now, whether it's somebody who's, uh, you know, sort of your typical Instagram influencer um, to somebody who influence, influences purchase decisions that are uh, more focused around something like B2B. I know we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, but um, mm-hmm. considered sale or complex sale environments are really great places uh, where influencers can have a lot of um, impact on, on decision processes. Um, what I do think we're going to start to see, though, is more regulation. There's been attempts to do things like ensure that influencers are identifying when they actually are promoting a product uh, rather than when they're being paid to promote a product, I should say, rather than something that they've engaged with organically. Um, so, you know, a better system for understanding that. The likelihood is that there will be some kind of an incident that will drive either increased regulation or increased measurement or um, an increased scrutiny of the space to make sure that, you know, that consumers are getting the best possible information and getting it information they can mm-hmm. trust from the right kinds of sources. We can only hope. Anybody have any comments on that? I'll open it up briefly. Andrew, Sarah, Rob, any comments about this scrutiny, perhaps regulation? Anybody want to join in? It's, it's Rob. I don't. I don't know if we're going to see regulation. I mean, certainly not. I, I would doubt at the federal level. They certainly, mm-hmm. and probably not in an election year. They're they're so dysfunctional uh, as is, as a whole. Um, I'm just wondering if uh, if the brands are going to rally around and 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 come up with a standard, um, or you know, I mean, there's no question in my mind that I don't know if the answer is regulation, but there needs to be some governance uh, uh, mm-hmm. over this um, because exactly. it's. Uh, you know, it's sort of like sort of like false advertising, and I'm not even sure yeah. Yeah. where yeah. what what mm-hmm. what addresses that. Maybe somebody else wants to chip in, uh, you know, on that. Well, and I was just going to add to that. I think Jen. we've probably all seen the Fire Festival films, <laughs> and that's kind of an extreme example of influence gone awry. Um, and so, you know, if you're not living up to your expectations, if you're making commitments and not delivering on them, then that is typically something that the government does, or you know, the Better Business Bureau, something like that, does get involved in. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if that actually transpires. Thank you. Anybody else on that yeah, just, one? Yep. Yeah, just Andrew. I, I kind of with Rob. I, I, I think that um, regulation is going to be difficult because I don't know where the start and stop point is. And when you put regulations in to actually create a legal case around, hey, you, you, you know, went against the regulation is actually quite difficult. So I'm not sure. Like, will it happen over time? Perhaps. I mean, we have something in Canada called Truth in Advertising and where, you know, there are certain standards. Um, but I think proving against those standards actually can become quite problematic. So there may be industry standards that crop up if we consider that to be regulation, and that's that's maybe where it goes. Um, but I think you'd have to be doing something quite nefarious to have true mm-hmm. government regulations work against you would be my guess. So I think more industry standards versus um, true government regulations are the more likely scenario. Anybody else? I think, 
sorry, just going to answer ahead, that no. one, Bonnie, too. Yes, please. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that there already are some regulations in place around things like disclosure of how much you're being compensated for, whether or not mm. your posts indicate that you yep. are being compensated. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure, you know, that obviously if, if you're saying something that is not accurate about your product, you're getting into a completely different level of, of scrutiny. Um, but I believe that there have been incidences where people have paid fines because they have not disclosed that they were influencers in their campaigns. Ah, interesting. Good conversation. I don't usually open it up for for comments, but I thought this was, and it was provocative, Jen. Thank you very much. I'm just going to add a sidebar here. Uh, I think you've all seen the TV commercials for anything from the automatic chair st- uh, lift to, you know, the, the one that goes up the stairs, if you can't climb your own stairs, to uh, reverse mortgages. And they've been using for years, using celebrities, anybody from Alex Trebek to movie mm-hmm. actors, yep. and the celebrity comes on, and it's an implied, to me, it's an implied endorsement. It's an implied influencer. I know that person. I see them on TV. I see them in the movies. I hear them singing yeah. and talking. And they're telling me, this is okay. Well, it must be okay. And I'm saying, <laughs> not quite. But I have a feeling that that, I don't know if, if even people are talking about that as a perhaps subset of influencers at the B2C level. Anybody quickly want to comment on that? It just occurred to me while we were talking. The implied influencer of the celebrity who's well-known who is hired to pitch a product. Any comments? Anyone? Sure. I'll weigh in on that, Bonnie. This yeah, is Sarah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that consumers are becoming more and more savvy about that. Um, mm-hmm. And they know. Like when Alex Trebek comes on and talks about whatever it is he's talking about, I think more and more consumers are wary. I -hmm. think more and more consumers are wary of, in quote, influencers, period. And we'll get, I'll get more into that when you get to me, but I think Mm -hmm. that wariness about influencers is have already having and will continue to have an impact on the way businesses choose who they're going to focus on for influencers. So I think the wariness is definitely there. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. I like that. I like that. I'm going to move on. I'm picking uh, prediction number two from Andrew Steen's list because I think this is very important. Andrew says, brand loyalty, especially in the software space, but I think this applies to almost every industry, Andrew. Brand loyalty is more transient than ever because it's easier than ever to switch companies. Andrew, you want to expand that, and then we'll see what everybody has to say? Go ahead. Yeah, sure, Bonnie. Thanks. And I do agree that it's it's not just the software industry. I mean, that's the industry that I'm in, but I do think that it's across the board that the fact of the matter is that there are so many niche products that can start up and go from zero to 100 very, very quickly. Um, to fill a gap in whatever market that happens to be. Um, you know, I'll use Uber as an example of a company that, you know, seven, eight years ago, I doubt anybody on this panel would probably have heard of. I know I didn't. I'm in the industry. Um, today, they're ubiquitous. But it's not just companies like Uber. It's all companies. So it could be a B2C as well. So the bottom line is, if you turn off your marketing, brands, I think, are becoming a utility. Let's put it that way. If you turn off marketing for a minute, it's like shutting off whatever that utility is, whether it's power or electricity or what have you. You're quickly forgotten. In this day and age of instant information and instant gratification, 
and people will go elsewhere. So you cannot turn off your brand. Influencers have a huge factor in that because they are the people that are out there continuing to influence even when you don't have necessarily an active marketing campaign in the traditional sense. So influencers, I think, are huge in making sure that your utility, your brand utility, stays on all the time. Thank you. Any comments from anybody about the ease with which we can switch our loyalty? And then the question is, is it loyalty anymore? Or is it just, you bought something from me, you're not really a loyal customer if you move over. Anybody? Sarah, Rob, Jen? Okay. I think we'll leave that one on the table. Okay. I'm going to move on. Sarah, I'm looking at your predictions, and I'm going to combine three of them, and they work so well with what we I just oh. mentioned about celebrities, if that's okay with you. So let me just read one, two, and four sure. together. I think they pack a punch here. Sarah says, we'll see big influencers, and she means it so much that she put it all in capital B-I-G. We'll see big influencers <laughs> decrease and give rise to influencers who are those we know and who are most like us. And the codicil to that is we'll look to friends, neighbors, and others as our influencers rather than famous influencers. And the last prediction goes with that. She says the personality and actions of the brand and brand leaders will matter far more than the personality and actions of celebrity influencers who endorse the brand. Sarah, you want to expand on that? I know we already started it, but why don't you give us some more and then we'll go around the table. Sure. Sure. Um, I think that, again, as Consumers become more and more wary, and the trust factor with brands er erodes. And right or wrong, how consumers feel is how they feel, and that's what I'm observing is the trust in brands is is difficult. And so they are looking more and more at two things. I think they're looking at, you know, what's what's the brand doing out in the great big world? Gone are the days of just watching a commercial on TV and believing mm-hmm. what they see. So they yep. are, um, and we're much more aware because of the way media works now. We're much more aware of the actions of a brand and the brand leaders. And I think people are looking to, to those things as an indicator of who and what the business is. And does it align with you know, my values and who I am and what, you know, who, what I'm about in this world. So I think they're looking at that as an influence on buying decisions. I also think that we will see um, more reliance on who, who's like me that can mm-hmm. recommend or not recommend this product. That's what I do when I'm thinking about whether or not I'm going to buy a thing or invest in a thing or purchase a thing. I'm looking at what do my friends say? Mm-hmm. What do my people who are like me say? That's who an influencer is. And I think we're going to see more and more of that, of both of those things. Thank you. Let's go around the table. Before I get to your prediction, Rob, I have a good one pick for you. Rob or Andrew or Jen, any comments on the idea of people more like us rather than celebrity influencers? Anybody want to comment? Yeah, I think, I think some of my points yet. actually tie like into that, so I'll hold off. Okay. Just... Andrew, start again because Rob was talking, but Andrew, go ahead. Uh, apologies, Rob. Uh, no, that's yeah, okay. I mean, I, I... I agree. Like, I do think that people want to buy from people who they can self-identify with. And 
And so, you know, the celebrity endorsements, if you're a global brand, sure, a celebrity endorsement maybe makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got a globally recognized person. But for the rest of the brands that are out there, these micro-influencers, if you will, people that, you know, act and look and sound like me and have similar problems to solve that I have, whatever those happen to be, um, yeah, I do think that that's kind of always how we've purchased in the past. It's just that now, mm-hmm. uh, with all the technology that we have, you can, you can expand your audience uh, much greater. So that's why influencers become important in that scenario. Anybody else? Thank you, Andrew. I think there's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I was just going to say, I think there's also another dynamic that's really affected how quickly influencers have become uh, relevant. And even how celebrity influencers are now almost perceived to be people like us. And that's a lot to do with the advent of reality television. When mm. you look at the Kardashian effect and mm-hmm. those folks are in your your home every week for years on end, you start to feel and believe like you know them. And so when, you know, Kylie releases a lip kit as an influencer, it turns into a billion-dollar business because it does feel like that is coming from someone that you know. So I think what's, what's happened is, you know, the, the distance between uh, people we perceive to be celebrities and people who do have that kind of uh, clout and uh, ability to affect other people's behavior um, is not as great a distance as it was once seen to be. And because of that, enormous businesses are being built um, in lightning speed, just based on personalities. So I think that's another really interesting component of this, that familiarity with celebrities kind of translates into a perception that they are people like us, because we see them in their everyday environments. I, I love what you said. And yes, Very that's fun. absolutely true. Anybody else have anything on that? Because I want to add two quick anecdotes to it. Uh, Rob, did I hear you? Nope. N- nope. Anybody else? Okay. Two things. First of all, I have to tell you, Jen, I own a drum kit. I'm a drummer now, but I don't own a lip kit. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I, I have to go out and buy a lip kit now, it sounds like. <laughs> Sarah, what girl who has a drum kit needs doesn't need a lip kit? Oh, my God. All right. Thank you. That was Jen. That was a, a riot. And by the way, the Kardashians are not on my TV on a weekly basis. I stay away. But but you're absolutely no, right. I have never even seen an episode, I have to tell you, but I can certainly see the impact that they're having Ab- on you're cor- You are absolutely correct. And I will tell my listeners that this is a show where I have a rule, no bashing, trashing, or smashing. So we're just making casual comments. We're not putting anything or anybody down. Good power to the power to the people who advertise. Two comments. Number one, I'm in a 55-plus community here, and we have a, a website or an inter, what we call an intranet, where you can post comments and questions. Not a day goes by that somebody doesn't say, can you recommend a chiropractor? Or can you recommend a plumber? Or my roof tile mm-hmm. is loose. Can you recommend? So we are becoming our own in, in, in insular in a way. It's almost inbred influencers. And people post, oh, yeah, I use Bob Smith. He did a good job on the roof. And somebody said, well, I use Jack Jones, and here's Jack's number. And they're posting emails. They're posting phone numbers. And that is interesting to me because we are becoming our own little community. Well, there's 1,200 homes here now. But it, our own community of in built-in influencers. It doesn't mean that you're going to get a good recommendation. It just means that somebody who might live five streets over or half a mile at the other side of the community used this person and they say they were good. 
Okay, that's first first anecdote. Second is I uh, I don't know who has lived in New York, but I grew up there and I was there two years ago. I moved to Durham and I was in New York for the 32 years before I came to Durham. Now, I was going to a couple couple of couples were going to go out for dinner and I recommended a restaurant up the street from where I lived in Great Neck. Nice restaurant, beautiful uh, uh, Mediterranean, good food, nice staff. And I recommended it. One of the women and the other couples pushed back. She said, not going there. I said, why? She said, I read the Yelp reviews and they were terrible. I said, but you know me. You've been out to dinner with me. Your, your husband and you have been out to dinner with me and my boyfriend. You know us. This is a good restaurant. The food's good. Prices are re-. She said, I'm not going there. And I said, why? She said, because I read 32 reviews on Yelp and 18 of them said that the food was terrible, the service was terrible, and the prices were ridiculous, and I simply am not going there. And I challenged her. I didn't get into a fight. I tried not to. She was very contentious. But I said, but I'm a real person. You know me. I'm vouching for this. She said, absolutely not. Now, I know you all have comments on this. Anybody want to chime in here about have you ever experienced that where influencers who are not celebrities who post negative reviews on an aggregator an influence aggregator like Yelp they take precedent over somebody who you know in person anybody I've got to get some comments from you Jen Rob Sarah Andrew anybody please absolutely yeah I I think one of the key things of influence and how effective it is is context and so you know when you're looking for a plumber you're not going to be asking the Kardashians you're going to be looking for somebody in your community who knows the environment, who's worked with people before, um, you know, obviously there's a, there's a very different gravitation towards uh, information depending on what the source is and what the experience is. And um, I think it's really fascinating just how powerful uh, the review system online can be to contributing to people's perception. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, restaurant owners, et cetera, are so vigilant about their Yelp reviews because... You just demonstrated that somebody would look at that, and those could have been planned reviews. You know, there's just no way to validate them necessarily um, versus going with, you know, the, the opinion of someone that they know and trust and presumably have eaten with before. Um, so I think, you know, that's a fascinating phenomenon. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the, the way that reviews in, in, and the, how they contribute to influence is another really important component of this that hasn't been fully explored yet. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody run into that? The influence of the unknown influencers versus the new influ- the ones you know? Maybe she just didn't like me. I don't know. Sarah, any comments on that? Restaurant reviews? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I, I agree. <laughs> I think smart businesses are um, vigilant over their Yelp reviews. Uh, if you're not, it's to your peril because people will write anything um, mm-hmm. on a review like that, on a review site like that, and clearly can exert influence like with your friend. I, for me personally, which I can, is all I can speak to on this particular topic is I would much rather trust the opinion of someone I know who has experience with fill in the blank than a total stranger on a review site. I do like review sites, and I look at them, but when I, if I had to pick, I'd pick going with the person that I know, like, and trust, and what they tell me about fill in the blank. And you come to Durham, and we'll go out to dinner. I think that's Thank smart. you, Sarah. Thank you Yeah, you can much. take me to dinner. <laughs> 
Rob or Andrew, any comments on that? Or shall I move on? I'm ready to move on. Okay, here we go. Rob Levin, I'm looking at your predictions. I have one I really, really like. It's the number one. You say, as the content world gets more and more cluttered, smart brands will work more with SMEs, small to mid-sized enterprises, small businesses, that can change nope, the nope, point nope. of... Subject, subject matter experts. Oh, matter experts. glad you that. corrected me on that because we use SME and SMB interchangeably. Okay, so let me start again. As the content world gets more and more cluttered, smart brands will work more with subject matter experts that can change the point of view mm-hmm. of the audience more than influencers with large followings. That is a loaded statement. Rob, mm-hmm. would you, as they say on the news, would you unpack that for us, please? Go ahead. Sure. So uh, and I started to get into this when we went over my, uh, my Stones quote. Uh, it, the, 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 the content world is really cluttered, right? I mean, everybody's a publisher. This actually ties back into reviews and all of that. Anybody's an instant publisher today. And as we also know, and again, I'm t- talking about SMBs, but you can certainly say that this applies in the B2B world, and probably to some degree uh, to the B2C world, because I think there's going to be some content fatigue. I know I used to be kind of active on Facebook, and I'm just, I just have less time for it now. Anyway, the whole idea is, is that as you get more and more content, and kind of also to some degree as marketers have, uh, I guess, uh, kind of ruined content, some marketers, because they... they, they didn't, they used it for their own purposes instead of really uh, for, for what it should do, which is uh, engage the audience in some way and, and in, enrich them and make them laugh or teach them something new. As this happens, certainly with small businesses, what you're going to see is, I just don't have time. Therefore, I'm only going to focus on those sources of content, whether it's coming from a brand or a, a blogger or an, a subject matter expert themselves or whoever it might be, that gives, them, gives me something that it's going to really help me improve my business or, or make me laugh or, or, make, or inspire me. Um, and uh, as I said before, in most cases, that content comes from the subject matter experts that may not have 20,000, 100,000, a million followers, but maybe few, if any, followers, but they really know their stuff. Uh, this is really the, the, the media company started back in 2003 and sold uh, about 10 years after that. That was really how we got started was finding those people that business owners said, hey, you should meet Sally. She is, you know, so amazing, and she's done so much for my business. And then we would tap into her expertise, work with her on writing some content, and that's how we exploded as a media company. And that's, we use those same principles today at, at RSL Media. That's the key for brands is to find those subject matter experts that are going to really help change the point of view of the audience. Thank you very much. Profound. Uh, let me go around the table. I'd love everybody's comments on this. Jen Evans, any thoughts on what Rob just shared? Well, you know, I think when influence originates from a truly organic place, it's, it's most effective. So um, to kind of bolt the idea of an influencer onto somebody who has a large Instagram following can be really problematic. But if you are a subject matter expert, the influence flows very, very naturally. And you do have... It, you know more about a specific topic. You have the ability to give people more insight into the things they should be using or how they should be using. And, you know, to me, that is true influence because you're giving a better experience to somebody based on uh, either a deep understanding of a specific area um, or the things that you've learned about that through, through pure experience. 
So I think that uh, that that's the type of influence that we really should be soliciting more of in the future because it contributes not only to the individual, but it helps us build, you know, a, a greater amount of expertise collectively within a community as well. Thank you very much. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but that was great. Uh, Andrew, any comments on Rob's um, Rob's comment? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, look, I think this idea of micro-influencers, if you will, I think is important. What's really interesting to me is if you take a look at somebody like Amazon, I think Amazon has actually created this influencer marketing in many, many ways, right? They they have this incredible, they have, on their own, they're a mega-influencer. I buy almost nothing without at least first checking on Amazon if there's a review out there. But but oh. Amazon, what they've done is they've aggregated all these micro-influencers, people mm-hmm. that have bought the product that can tell you something about it, um, they can educate you a little bit about it, and they've really tapped into that, which I think is, you know, they are becoming subject matter experts because they've actually purchased the product. They've used it. That's what I want to know. There's pictures of it. There's little videos that they're bringing on board now. So, I do think that what Rob's comment is saying is, is absolutely true. It's just what do you consider to be a subject matter in, uh, expert? And in my mind, it's anybody, that, we're talking B2C, it's anybody that has bought, used, um, and had the product for a little while. And that, to me, is, a, is an influencer. And Amazon, to me, is the purest form of that in many, many ways just because it's so broad. And it's individuals like you, me, and Rob, and et cetera, that, that are actually making these comments. So I do think micro-influencers make a huge, huge difference. It's where do you go to find these micro-influencers? Yes, thank you. Sarah, anything you'd like to chime in here? I I completely agree that I don't buy anything until I look at what people say about it on Mm -hmm. Amazon. I read the best and I read the worst and I read the middle. Um, So I can make a good decision. And so that's exactly what I mean when I talk about, you know, what what people like me, what do they have to say about this widget? And I that I, I agree. I think the micro influencer, I think that's only gonna increase um, as we have to filter more and more and more information. And I think that's a topic we we may not be, have time to get into today, but it's we are all so bombarded and we are so stressed for time. We're looking for all the shortcuts we can find to make a good decision, right? Mm-hmm. A good buying decision. Absolutely. And so we are looking for people who can, with credibility, tell us what to buy, right? Yes. So that's and, and why I, I, the... No, go ahead. I was going to say I do the same thing on Amazon, whether it's I'm buying some, some new drumsticks or I just bought some wire brushes because I'm starting a Latin band and we need that, that kind of shh noise on, on my cymbals, on my hi-hat. And I looked at the reviews. I even asked my drum teacher if he knew this brand and if it was any good and if the package was a good deal before I hit purchase. So I agree with you. Yes, right. Amazon reviews. Thing, Bonnie, it doesn't matter yes. how expensive it is. It, it could yeah. be a $2 item and you're still Absolutely right. That's crazy. Absolutely right. This was a yeah. seventeen ninety nine package. To tell me. Yep. Go ahead, Sarah. Is this a good idea to buy? Or not? I, I need. I, I'm looking for someone with credibility who can tell me yes, buy this. Yes. No, don't buy this because that makes my life simpler. It does. And I want to thank everybody for their comments on that. We have time for one more prediction. We have seven minutes, eight minutes left to the show. Jen Evans, I'm going back to you. This is something I don't think we've covered yet. It's your number four prediction. Jen says, 
influence will become less about what we consume and more about spirituality and our search for meaning in our lives. That's deep. Jen, you have to tell us what you mean by this, please. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, the the first round of influence has uh, definitely been consumerism. It's what should we buy? Uh, What can I spend money on that's going to make my life better? And uh, I think, you know, at a certain point, that becomes less satisfying over time. Um, And when you look at, you know, some of the things that we're confronting in the world today, whether it's climate change, uh, whether it's the way that governments work together, um, how polarized so many of us have become, people are looking for a different level of uh, guidance and uh, way to interact with the world. And so I think people like Greta Thunberg from Norway and uh, what she's been doing around the climate movement, um, people even like Gwyneth Paltrow, who is definitely a celebrity influencer, um, but does have a strong, uh, definitely has had some issues with her, with Goop over the years and influence, has, has seen a lot of criticism. Um, but her real mandate is to try and improve people's lives and get them more in touch with uh, parts of themselves that they, you know, may not be satisfied by consumerism through things like meditation and spiritual awareness. And I, I do think that that's going to be a coming trend in society. Um, and I think it's something that's going to be led by a very different type of influencer. Interesting. This is spiritual, just the comments. Andrew, anything you want to, let me go around the table. This is something I don't think we've discussed before this. Thank you for that point of view, Jen. Andrew, Sarah, Rob, the thought about spirituality, meaning, and I think uh, this is something we have attached to the persona of millennials in business. I know it's that they, they want to know what companies are they working for? What are their values? What is their social footprint? Uh, what are they yeah. buying? Who are they speaking with? Who are they hanging out with? We've attached it to them, but I think what Jen is saying, it's bigger than just the millennial persona. Andrew, Sarah, Rob, anybody want to comment yeah. about our search? Go ahead. Andrew? I, I've got a quick comment, which, and I would almost add to this, you know, she called it spirituality. I think you could almost add, I'll, I'll use a slightly different word, I'll use morality. Um, and I'll give ah. a very, very simple example. I'll use a very simple example. If you think about straws, for example, right? So, a lot of companies now are starting to use paper straws, which, of course, are much more environmentally friendly than yes. plastic straws. And if you've got two fast food companies side by side and one's using plastic straws and the other's using paper straws, that might seem like a silly example. But I think people start to make those kinds of choices. I think they start to look at it and go, yeah, you know, somewhat equivalent to this, this idea of the spirituality, morality, whatever you want to call it that's my X factor and that's going to help me decide. And so I think that that's what we're starting to see as a tipping point on small things like that. That's a very, you know, very uh, visceral example and a very easy example. But I think collectively you'll start to see more of those types of choices happen over time. Andrew, are you here in my office with me? This is Bonnie. Are you? Did you come into my house, my home office? Because today I chose. I'm not kidding. I made the choice instead of the silicone straw, which I usually have in my water when I'm on the air. I made the choice of going back to paper straws. I still have a few. I wasn't crazy about them, go. but I picked. It looks like a barber pole. It's red and white, and it, it swirls around on an angle, just like a barber pole. And it's a paper straw. And I said to myself, I wonder if I'm going to get a chance to talk about my paper straw choice on the radio today. And 
you're talking paper. And I'm sitting here looking at the gl- at the clear glass mug with the water and the paper straw. I'm saying, oh, my God, Andrew, you're what, what welcome, are you doing? You're welcome, Bonnie. You're welcome. Oh, that that was crazy! Don't do that to me. Anyway, we have we have three minutes left. I'm just going to ask quickly. That well, I'm sure it does. The silicone straws are. You have to get used to them. It's an acquired taste. Sarah, any comments about morality, values, spirituality in influencers? Just a quick comment from you, and then Rob, go ahead. Sure. Um, Well, as I said, I think um, as we get more and more overwhelmed with information and more dubious about the information that we see. We are looking for brands, purchases, whatever, that align with our values. And that is spirituality and that is morality. And I'll tell you who the most influential group of those consumers are kids. My children will Mm. yell at me if... You know, no more plastic straws, Mom. we got to have paper straws. we got to have metal straws. No more. Why are we not recycling? Why are we using so many plastic water bottles? Why are we? They are so tuned in to those kinds of buying decisions, and they exert tremendous influence in their household. So, and that's, I think, why we're seeing more and more marketers trying to appeal to a younger and younger marketplace. Absolutely. Thank you. Rob, I've got 30 seconds left before I have to say goodbye to everybody. So you have any comments on the spirituality, morality, values? Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I think it wraps in very well with a lot of the things we were talking about today. And I think a lot of it also boils down. I think a lot of it's related to authenticity. And there's an opportunity Mm -hmm. here for brands, um, both B2B and B2C. And again, take the B2C with 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 a grain of salt because I'm not an expert in B2C. But there's an opportunity here for brands to unleash their internal subject matter experts and uh, not have legal kind of read through it. To You know, you can kind of tell the difference between a post between uh, an executive who really wrote it themselves and then somebody mm-hmm. who probably wrote it from marketing and it's gone through legal. I think there's an opportunity for, for uh, brands to unleash their subject matter experts and show that authenticity. Thank you very much. Important word. I can't thank the four of you enough. This has been such a nice kickoff to our real part of the year after the prediction specials. So I want to say a special thanks to Jen Evans. You're welcome to come back anytime. Uh, Jen, who introduced us? Do you remember? Who who was it who introduced us? uh, Yeah, it was Alan McLaren. Alan McLaren. Alan McLaren, shout out. Jen's a winner. Thank you for introducing us. And Alan was an influencer who said to me, I have somebody for you because he couldn't make it. Jen Evans, Squeeze, CMM, and B2B News Network. Andrew Steen, SAP, thank you. Coming back. Sarah Robinson, always. Fierce Loyalty. And Rob Levin, RSL Media, and Speak SMB at 11411. Ryan Treasure was the voice of that wonderful introduction of the show. Now, now, now. He's my co-producer. Aaron Keller is my nerves of steel engineer at Voice America World talk radio in the very cold i'm told engineer room it's 24 degrees here in durham i want to thank all of you for tuning in to technology revolution the future of now and remember the future of now did not happen yet you can all be part of making it happen and let's make it a good one bonnie d graham signing off bye bye thank you for joining us for technology revolution the future of now Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.